Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99% where real gains are made. I'm here with... (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh. I'm here with Elliot. Hey, everybody. And Marilyn. Hey, guys. And today we are going to talk about youth development in sports, specifically triathloning. Um, Before we get into that, though, we have a couple of questions we're going to answer from our seven listeners. Thanks, mom. And first question was about my extremely or at least slightly obnoxious sunglasses I was wearing in one of my Instagram photos, and they are blenders. And if you go to Top Step Training, you can get a little discount code there if you're interested. Um, But yeah, they're kind of fun, fun sunglasses. Our next question was about riding bikes fast. Elliot, do you want to recap that question? Yeah, the the question we had was a good one. So um, in our running episode, uh, the listener said, concluded, I would say pretty accurately that, uh, frequency or consistency and strides were kind of the, the backbone of fast running and what is the, the cycling equivalent for triathlon. So time trialing of that idea, any input? Oh, you want me to answer? <laughs> okay. Um, I think cycling is is a little more, uh, there's not just two things. I would say one would be bike fit. You, you have to have a comfortable bike fit and a somewhat aerodynamic bike fit. If you're going to time trial fast, if you don't have that, you're just slowing yourself down. Um, and then, and then the, from the physical aspect of it, it would just be time on the bike and then time at threshold. And actually when this listener asked the question, I, I specifically put it in the text message. I think I said anywhere from 6% below threshold to 3% above threshold. So if you were to, you know, if you're looking at it as FTP or whatever you want to call that number in that basically time spent in that range. Um, and, and that can be continuous or it can be broken up and then spread throughout how much time are you spending in that range throughout a week, throughout a month and throughout a year. And that was kind of my, uh, that's my answer, I guess. Marilyn, do you want to add to that or? You know, I, I think that's a great answer. And the only thing I would add as another backbone to really good cycling is uh, cadence development, you know, making sure that a lot of, a lot of people, if they, they get stuck in one cadence and they don't truly spend a lot of time in cadence with their cadence development. That that's a, a real backbone to good cycling. Once you're past that point of just riding your bike a lot. And the, and the, I'll keep this brief, but the, the point on that is it's, it's been shown essentially, you don't necessarily have to ride a fast cadence when you race, but if you cannot do a high cadence, you know, if you can't hit 120 RPMs for a minute, then it's more or less like scientifically proven. You don't have as efficient of a pedal stroke as you could have. So it's always something worth working on, um, for efficiency of your stroke, your pedal stroke. Awesome. Yeah. I think that was, that was great. I think frequency time and zone and yeah, making sure you can, you can spin pretty fast and, and I even touching on the lower end can be beneficial too. So yeah, work that cadence, ride your bike a lot and spend as much time as you can around threshold for go fast. Yeah. Awesome. So those are our questions today. Like I said, our focus is youth development and to kind of get started on, on talking about the youths, we were going to talk about our own histories in sport briefly and, and use that to, to discuss what we think kind of a, a good way to enter into sport for, for kids is. Everyone's looking at me, so I'll kick things off. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's just the way you guys look on Zoom. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? For uh, for myself, I started playing soccer at a pretty young age. I was like around five when I started. I was never very good, but I got a lot of experience, and it was I think super beneficial because not only was I like running up and down the field, I was also working on foot coordination for trying to kick the ball and running running laterally and doing a lot of like lower leg movement with like dribbling and, and passing so I was doing a lot of like a lot of development not just running in a straight line which I think was was awesome for me in in becoming a healthy athlete as I aged um, 
And then I started swimming fairly young. Like I'd say around 12, I was on my first swim team. And I think that has had pretty good carryover as far as like me having decent feel for the water without needing to swim a ton, like maybe a, a more adult onset swimmer would have had. Um, the downside is, is like I lived, <laughs> I lived in a pretty remote, super hilly place. So like, I didn't really ride a bike anywhere. So I had a bike that like I would roll around my driveway or occasionally ride a mile to my friend's house, but I really didn't start riding a bike for more than like five minutes at a time until after college, which, um, as especially Elliot knows, it took me a really long time to learn how to ride a bike and ride a bike fast. So that was definitely something where I wish I had started riding and even like, I wish I'd started mountain biking at a young age. I think that would have been a huge benefit, but unfortunately I did not do that. <laughs> I think, um, you know, with, with kids with sports, it's good to do a lot of different things and we'll get into all of that, but I, um, I had kind of a weird, I guess, a, a, a weird history with getting into, getting into triathlon. So I started out with sports from as early as I can remember. I think my parents put me into gymnastics as, as soon as when you're actually allowed to put a kid in gymnastics. I don't know if I was like three, four, five, somewhere in that age range. So did gymnastics as a kid all the way. I can't even remember till how old I was, but for quite some time, like I think I was 12 when I stopped 11 or 12, I probably have that a bit wrong. Um, that was a long time ago. And I took up equestrian show jumping when I was nine. Um, and I also ran track and field in school. So a lot of different sports. The one that I primarily stuck with and got, got really heavily involved with and, and focused on was show jumping. So from nine years old till the age of 26, I was really, you know, I worked up to a Grand Prix level in show jumping and was an elite sport you know, pretty much by the time I was 12 years old, I was competing on an international stage in that sport. So pr got pretty serious, pretty quick. Um, always ran track and field in school though. And, uh, never swam until I never swam. I mean, I played tea party in the bottom of the pool, which is why swimming, I was that adult onset swimmer, you know, until I started triathlon in 1999. And as far as a bike, it was a, it was a means of transportation. So I would, I could get out to the farm. I lived in a small town in Southern Alberta and I could get out to the farm quicker on my bike. You know, one of those bikes that you pedal backwards to brake and forwards to go faster and a basket on the front from school in town out to the farm to my horse faster by bike than the bus. So I started riding a bike pretty young and around all the horse shows and the horse show grounds and stuff and burning rubber on a bike. But it was for means of transportation, never because I was actually training for anything, but it was yeah, I mean, you just, you rode a bike to get somewhere as fast as you could. I will say that, you know, being in elites, when I say elite sport, it was that it was a very focused program where we competed on a national and international stage um, from very young. Like I say, you know, by the time I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, all the way up until I was 26, that was a different experience. I even went to a sports academy school in high school and um, it was all focused around elite sports and having adjustments and having to go to the classroom um, just because your, your sport is so heavily focused. I, I moved out of home at 15 years old to be able to, you know, take sport more seriously and, and compete at the, on that level. So definitely a different path than, than the usual to get into triathlon. How was that? Like, how, how was that as a 12 year old getting into serious competition? Like as far as like, uh, like nerves or mindset was like, was that intense? Were you just like 12? So you didn't really care that much. Or were you like throwing up before the horse shows? How, how'd you feel about that? You know, it was, it was intense. We actually had a sports psychologist on our team. We had, if you look up Dr. Hap Davis, he was one of Canadians top sports psychologists for all the Olympic teams for winter and summer Olympics, swimmers, divers, that kind of stuff. And he was our sports psychologist. We started working with him literally at the age of 10, all the way through my career till I was like 18 years old. And as a huge part of our program, we worked with him on a, on a, as a group, on a group basis at competitions, out of competitions and on an individual basis, developing our own um, psychology standpoint. So learning to compete at that level, at that age, uh, it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't just like, oh, you're young. So you just fall into place. There was a lot that went into that. And he, he was a professional at working with 
teams. He worked with all the synchronized swimmers, the, you know, all that kind of stuff at right up to an Olympic level. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was definitely not something that happened naturally. There, there was a lot of nerves and learn a learning process to where you compete at your best for sure. How did, how did that, um, do you, do you feel like that helped transfer over to triathlon? Like, do you use a lot of the skills you learned and is it like, and then what sort of mindsets from show jumping did you take that you felt were useful for triathlon? And what sort of ones were you like, this is a thing I did in show jumping that doesn't apply to triathlon. Yeah. So the skills that we learned, absolutely. Like it's been super helpful. I feel lucky that I got to learn those skills from childhood, right? Right from, and, and basically like, and through my, all my developmental years as a, as a person, I was working with the top sports psychologist. So that was, that's been really helpful in developing athletes on in general, whether it be, you know, triathlon cycling or whatever diverse sport, having that understanding and being brought up in that, in, in sort of that intense world and learning all that has been helpful, mostly helpful in my coaching. It definitely helped with pressure, it helps with pressure type situations, whether it be in, in present presentation talks, competition on all, on all levels and understanding like the deeper sides of knowing how to compete, how to get someone in the right mindset, recognizing those things. So that, that's been real. That was, I'm thankful. It's like, like you say, Jesse, when you learn to swim as a kid, you never forget it. When you, I think when you're trained as a elite athlete from the age of, you know, all through your De childhood development years and adolescence right up into adulthood. That's something that never leaves you. And it's, it's definitely been helpful. It was helpful as a professional triathlete, but it's been very helpful as a coach for sure. The big difference between show jumping and triathlon is show jumping is a reactionary sport. So it's all very rehearsed and everything. If you, it's, it's like starting off the blocks in a sprint or, you know, a tennis player, if you've thought about it, it's too late. I mean, you go through, um, everything so fast that it's all very rehearsed triathlon on the other end is, you know, you're, you've got a lot of time to think out there. So it's more about managing thoughts, emotions, and, and that kind of stuff. So one is a, a very pre-rehearsed reactionary sport and emotional control, that type of uh, sport. And the other one is, you know, you're out there forever. So you're managing a lot of thoughts and emotions and, and that kind of thing. So they're, they're different from that perspective. Awesome. Do you, um, sorry, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but do you have any, any sound bites or that you would give to like, you know, that 12 year old that's getting into competition and like is nervous about it? Like what, I guess, yeah. Do you have any, any takeaways that you were given that you would kept, could pass along? Yeah. And that's the one thing I've talked about this a bit on some different, you know, to actually mostly to parents and coaches about, because the hardest part is from 12 years old till 17, keeping kids, um, keeping them in the sport, you know, keeping them in, that's the hardest part, you know, as they start to get into school and boys and girls and more parties. And, you know, there's a lot, as soon as you start to hit, when you're under the age of 12, you're still a kid. So it's still, you're primarily, it's a lot of fun. Um, when you hit 12, you're starting to hit that pre-adolescence and then all through your adolescence and all the other pressures of like school and um, peer pressure and friends and all that starts to come into play. And so, if you are leaning towards being more serious, um, definitely getting in the right community and right group of, of kids that are like-minded to you is going to be a big thing. You know, when I was growing up show jumping, there was, I think there was like 30 of us girls that were all led by an incredibly smart coach. Um, you know, she put all these programs in place and then all of us were very like-minded and, and then we all did go to this, these types of schools and stuff that were you know, towards that. So getting it, it's kind of like if you've got a kid who's an over, you know, sort of a, there's, they're not meant to be in like, I don't know how to say this right in a regular classroom, you know, they're they're you have to put them in like advanced learning. You want to get them around teachers and kids that are going to nurture that and, and, you know, bring the best out in them. So it's the same if you've got a, a kid who's really driven in sport and they have that kind of potential and they have the interest and they want to stay with it, get them in the right community with the right leader. I think that's important. Um, if you're, if you're one, if you're worried about your kid waffing at all, keep it fun, you know, keep it. That's, that's the main thing is that period of time where it's, you know, starting to get like, it's getting to be a bit of pressure and they're starting to have to make some choices and they're looking at hanging out with my friends or interested in, you know, what's happening over here versus should I stay in the sport? If you can keep it fun and they do have a lot of friends in that area, they're probably going to, they're, they're going to stay there. 
I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, totally. Yeah. yeah. It did for me. And it wasn't my <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> kind of long-winded. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I did a few of the sports, both of you did. So I guess I'll just run it through and speak specifically to how I think it helped uh, develop for triathlon. So I, like Jesse, I played soccer from as long as I can remember through the middle of high school, year round, multiple travel teams, all that jazz. Um, the time on feet is really important. And there's a reason that there's a bunch of kids who are the best cross country kids who um, were playing soccer you know, and, you know, I was on the soccer team and I, so one, whatever, this is in high school, I, I eventually, I, I quit and decided to run cross country instead, but, um, I wasn't the fastest kid on the, on the soccer team. I was like the second fastest kid on the soccer team. And then you'd hop over to the cross country team. And it was like, yeah, we're a little bit faster on the cross country team, but I think you'd be surprised the amount of time you spend running in soccer um, is super valuable and it's not specifically distance running. And yes, you're going to get faster at distance running if you do cross country. But if you have a kid who's, you know, riding his bike to and from school or her bike to and from school, or, you know, and, and they jump in the water occasionally and they're playing soccer, they're going to be pretty well equipped for the run. So personally, I think all those years of running around helped me quite a bit. Um, I also did gymnastics from age five or six till nine. Um, I, what I remember standing out is forcing myself to do the splits cause only one, no boys could do the splits. And I like did it. And then I didn't walk right for a couple days after I want to say I was like eight or nine. And I was like, no more of that. Um, I don't remember too much other than people kind of, so then I transitioned out of that a year or so after that, I ended up wrestling maybe when I was 10 or 11. And then I did that through high school and I wrestled at, I guess you'd say a very, um, high level. So like all the kids I lost to whatever are national champions or all Americans. And, um, it was, a it was a good, uh, it was a good sport for a lot of reasons. One, if you're going to wrestle at a high level, you have to put in the work and you really get used to the fact that like you win because you put in the work and, and it's very similar to triathlon. You're the only person out there. There's a bunch of people staring at you in spandex and like, you have to find a way to beat the other person. Um, in some ways, like wrestling is easier in the sense you only have to beat one person. Whereas triathlon, if you're trying to win, you have to literally beat every person on the line. And in other ways, it's really hard because you could have your best day, but if you're wrestling the national champ, you have to be the national champ on that day to win. And your only other option is losing. So it can be pretty heartbreaking. There's a lot of like ups and downs and kids fully get into their heads, et cetera. Um, so I think that was useful for a bunch of reasons, but a lot of the reasons are like just work and getting used to putting in work and getting used to the fact that you lose and you kind of have to just show up, um, the next day and be ready to go again, or else it's going to be really not that fun in the sense that like losing, it's not that fun when you get pinned, right? Nobody wants to get pinned. Um, and once you've been pinned and you've kind of figured out how to stop getting pinned and all of a sudden you're the one beating other people. I think if you take that mindset, anybody who's been a pretty good wrestler, there's a reason they end up excelling at whatever they end up doing. Cause they're just used to figuring out ways to win. Um, so I think that's probably the, the greatest sport. And if there's a sport that's kind of affected, like how I, how I personally bike race is just like, Oh, I'm just going to throw everything I have at this bike race. And Maybe it'll work and maybe it won't, but one thing's for sure. Other people are going to know I was in the race and I think that's helped a lot. Um, yeah. And then also I played a bunch of baseball, whatever age five through 14 or something like that. And I don't think I learned too much from baseball other than I had an amazing coach in sixth grade, truly amazing. Like he was the high school coach down the road of a really good high school team. And he took two years off to coach younger kids. Cause his son was on the team and he, a lot of the skills I use today, I learned from literally my sixth, sixth grade coach. And he would take the time to 
set up like this is how you learn a skill and this is how you make the thought process of if the if the ball got hit to second base and you had a runner on first and second like where do you throw to and why and it depends on where the person is and just decision making processes one for the team but also for yourself um so i thought that was really useful as well for for triathlon Awesome. Do you, did you find any, any carryover from like wrestling with like developing appropriate reception that transferred over to like riding or swimming? Yeah. Um, riding for sure, especially in a group, like, um, you know, it's at first when you get on a bike, it's scary. Um, crashing, I like knock on wood, but I've had amazing luck crashing on a bike. And, you know, if you race enough in a high level field, you're going to crash. Um, and I've always credited that to, to both gymnastics and wrestling. Cause I just was, I was either flinging myself off a bar or you like, you literally practice, like if somebody's doing a headlock on you, you're going to get thrown to the mat a hundred times in two hours. So like, I'm really good at like finding that role. Um, and so yeah, knock on wood, I've had some super bad crashes that I literally walked away from and I credit that to wrestling, but I don't know if that's the the best reason to have my teeth knocked out also at the age of 16 or whatever, you know, no teeth, but then I don't get hurt when I crash my bike. I don't know. I actually know what you're saying that because I crashed so much falling off horses that mm-hmm. now, like when I, when I, when it transitioned into crashing on bikes, I seem to same thing. Like it doesn't. I mean, nobody likes to crash and it does rattle you. It rattles anybody, but yeah, you're like same thing. Like I, I grew up crap, like being flung off a horse into jumps and somersaulting down rings and like biffing it at high speeds with an animal. So it's sort of normal to me. And, and so much so even like, you know, a year, year and a half ago now, a friend of mine and I, we got hit by a car from behind on our bikes. And for her, it was, you know, pretty tough um and and continues to be pretty tough mentally to work through and for i thought man i think there's something wrong with me because it didn't really rattle me that much and i think i think it's just i i i really chalked it up to similar what you're saying elliot is that i think i just grew up crashing so much and having like pretty epic crashes (laughs) you know flying down the ring with a horse even you know and poles and jumps and legs everywhere that i was like this it, it just didn't bother me quite as much. Um, so for, that's, yeah, that's you're saying for good or bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. is the is the conclusion here that we're recommending that children crash a lot? So no, they get used definitely to it? not. Definitely okay. not. Right, just want to make does, sure. It does have but, some kind of. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, as long as we're, I mean, now now's about the time to get into the nuts and bolts. But like, I do think skills that you you touched on, like proprioception and being aware of your body. And like, that's where gymnastics and obviously for me, it was more so wrestling, but like gymnastics is an amazing sport for that reason. Like the basic tumbling and knowing how your body moves in different directions, it's, it's invaluable to have those skills and, you know, like soccer, you're on a field and and there's part of those skills, but like gymnastics in and of itself is kind of like the epitome of that and not saying you have to do gymnastics to be a great athlete, but I don't think it's an accident that people who did five years of gymnastics have the base to do a bunch of different sports. Um, and I think that's really important. I, uh, I didn't mention my stint diving in college, but I actually think that helped, um, helped a little bit with my awareness as well. I was also a really bad diver, but Hey, they needed somebody to get the points, right? Got, got some points on the board there. I couldn't, I couldn't do it swimming. So yeah, I left out the fact that I used to do shot put just because I liked making fun of the big kids on the team. Um, <laughs> but not a skill that helped Dude, me. Very I could much. not see you doing shot put. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I beat like half the field, the smallest, smallest kid by about a hundred pounds. But anyways, um, but I think that proprioception is something you want to develop. And I think so if we're talking about like true youth development, if you get on a bike that you see all these kids who are riding these strider bikes. Um, and I think that's kind of like the next wave, the kids who grow up riding strider bikes and who are riding mountain bikes, Jesse, you touched on that earlier as well. I think if you're on two wheels, the skill of riding a bike is far more important than the fitness of riding a bike. 
And I think that is like a main takeaway. If, if triathlon is potentially going to be um, something you're focused on, or even if you want to do draft legal and you might be like aiming for the Olympics or something like that, or you want to do triathlon in college at the NCAA level, really try to develop your skill on the bike over your fitness on the bike and, you know, riding your mountain bike, or even just riding to and from the cows. I don't know if you had cows on the farm, Maryland, but you did. Okay, good. So riding to and from the cows, like that's time on a bike and it's just comfortable getting, you know, things like getting on and off your bike and turning and riding close to people. Um, I think that is a, that is one of the most important skills you could have. Yeah. I think one of the things that we should talk about is that, you know, back in things have changed. So where, where, where I'm trying to go with this is, you know, let's go back in the sport through eighties, nineties. There is a lot of people who didn't do eighties, nineties, early two thousands, who didn't do the sport as a kid. They did a lot of different sports, like what we're talking about. They were a swimmer kid, ran cross country, soccer, whatever. We have all these different kinds of backgrounds. And then we could get into triathlon and, and be really successful athletes. And so is that a good way to go that a kids are well-rounded and well-developed and, and then they get more and more specific as they get older or what we're seeing a lot of now. And, and because maybe it's because of there's more pressure or whatever, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. This is a question I have is kids, you know, the kids, a steel program and the actual specific triathlon that kids like can start really, really young, programs. right? So yeah, back way back, there wasn't really youth triathlon. It was, you were a swimmer kid, you were a cross country runner, you were a soccer player, you were a, you know, whatever it is that you did. And then later you got into triathlon and maybe you became a good triathlete. Now what we're seeing is there's, there's actual youth development in the sport of triathlon, right? It was all these kids programs and you saw it a little bit more in the, in the Southern hemisphere, you know, with a surf life save and um, there was more kids, kids triathlon in general. And so I guess it's probably cultural as well, depending on where you come from, you know, uh, in Germany, kids kind of grow up racing bikes, that kind of stuff. So I would definitely be a little bit more where you're from, but specifically now, if you go through like, let's say the last 10 or 15 years, there's a lot more of the elite athletes that we're seeing, like Jesse, a lot of the guys that you're racing, they've been doing triathlon since they were kids. It's not like they were a cross country runner or a swimmer and then became triathletes. They're like, I've been a triathlete since I've been 10 years old. And I grew up through the triathlon programs as a kid. And then they got in, you know, now there's also the collegiate opportunities. So you're seeing a lot of the ITU racers now that are at the world cup level. And then the next Olympic wave, Elliot, you'd be very familiar with them. They are athletes that have been doing triathlon since kids, then they go through a collegiate program. Um, maybe that's an opportunity for them. And then they're part of their national federation. And then they, they go through the system that way. So we're not seeing as much, I don't know how we feel about this or where it starts to come into play, even like with the college system, with recruiting, are you recruiting from cross country running? Are you recruiting specifically from triathlon? Are you recruiting swimmers? Like what is the best development for longevity and the growth of the sport? Where's the speed really going to come from? You know, so these are, I don't know what you guys, what you guys think about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think that triathlon is a little bit, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's a better shot at youth development and having some, some stick to itiveness. Whereas when I see like when I see swimmers, like youth swim programs are effing insane. And the kids, you know, they swim twice a day, every day from like five and, and then, you see, like, I mean, this one of the one of the kids I'm kind of friends with is or friends with his mom, you know, stopped swimming in college after after swimming his whole life, like doubles every, all day, every day for for whatever, 18 years. And then just like was was over it. And he was really fast. And just like I see that a lot where kids, you know, they get really fast and then they like plateau because they're done staring at a black line for you know 14 sessions a week. And I think that triathlon obviously has a little more diversity so it, it might have a better chance as a youth development sport but i think it is really important to like maintain those those exposures and that's what makes me nervous about any any of these focused programs at such a young age is that you don't want you don't want kids to be super serious and super focused you want them to still be able to say hey i'm like 
going to do triathlon this time of the year and play soccer, play basketball, wrestle, ride horses, like continue to develop those, those skills and the proprioception and their awareness and their enjoyment of competition and, and their enjoyment in other things as they're involved in a, in a youth triathlon program. So, so hopefully as these programs um, are, are being developed and are getting larger that they're, they're not as streamlined as focused as you see with like some single sport programs. And they do allow, like maybe it's just a summer program or something that, that allows kids to continue having those, those various exposures while building some skills in triathlon. I have a really, yeah. I have a really cool story. I know I'll let you, um, I just want to tell this story before I forget it. I had a really cool experience. There was, um, there was a great swim coach in Australia. His program was the main feeder program into the AIS. And a lot of his kids were the next generation that actually medaled at the Olympics. And he was a pretty special coach and, and his, his athletes actually were the, the ones that when they came from his program, they lifted up a notch through the next four years into in the AIS to actually do well. And I actually sat down with him and I talked to him about, you know, your, what you're talking about, Jesse, he, you know, they did swim two a days and all of this stuff, but he, his, I actually still have in a folder, his entire program. And the main thing was that he pointed out is he gets them to the AIS fast enough that they belong there, but not used up to the point where once they're in there and they throw more at them, that they don't reap the benefits to then keep going up over the next four years. So he said a lot of pro, the other feeder programs would use everything they could out of the kids to get them to the AAS. And by the time they got there, they had already explored and done so much with them that their gains once they were in that program were not enough to see them to continue to approve to a gold like a metal standard in the next four years so basically he didn't have them doing you know gym as well as two a days he didn't have you know these sort of like crazy he he basically his main point was he didn't tap them out before he got there he got them good enough just to get their foot in the door and then everything else that was going to get them to a point where they're going to medal at the olympics the ais was going to do that and they were going to really go forward and the ones that basically got a very minimal gain in the ais and then would fall apart and not even make it to the olympics or not make it to you know any kinds of final rounds or anything were the ones that they, they had so much already taken out of them by the time they got there. So, yeah, uh, just for those listening, AIS is Australian Institute of Sport, um, essentially the national governing body <clears throat> and uh, had one of the best books on triathlon training. I read you bring up a good point in, and I think what I want to talk about is like that beginning stage development and what triathlon allows uh, a younger athlete to both be ready to race at a pretty high level, but also kind of temper the speed at which they develop. And, and the reason I say that is, um, the total volume of training somebody can do in triathlon is so much higher than what somebody could do in a single sport. And that's just the nature of our sport. But the other great thing is when you're early, like, let's say we're talking about early high school or junior high, or even late high school, you can, you can really be training for triathlon and you could be going to the swim program at half time, and you could go on one bike ride a week, or you could just ride your mountain bike for fun every other week or to and from school. And, and maybe you do a jog now and then for part of the year. And then the other part of the year you join the cross country team, but it's more just about, um, exposure to all these sports, but let's say you're in a specific triathlon program and you're doing the youth elite or junior elite triathlon programs, the sport of triathlon allows you to specifically prepare for these sports, but not, you do not have time for 14 sessions in each sport. It's literally physically impossible at any level. And that's a great thing. So if you are starting a youth program, like that's kind of a fear you don't really have to have. I do think a fear you have to have is the total volume that you're talking about that coach where they come in just too tired. And I think that's the one aspect. If you're running a, a junior program, you have to be really cognizant of, are you overloading this athlete with the total volume? And, and then the next part of that is like the sport of triathlon allows you to do a bunch of different things to like, really like increase the stoke for last lack of a better term. And so like, how can you do that? And it's like bike riding, 
doesn't really have to be all that competitive early on. You can do a ride where you're just trying to ride the furthest distance. And I think, let's say you have a, a 15 year old riding 50 miles, just like saying you rode 50 miles. Sure. It's an endurance thing, but it's also something that's really cool for a 15 year old to say like, holy shit, I, I rode my bike 50 miles and they can tell their friend and maybe they don't do it until the next year, but it's, it's something they're, they're exposed to. So the sport of triathlon, I think allows people to like be exposed to new ways that they can push themselves and see themselves as a successful person, whether it's within the sport of triathlon or not. And that's another reason why, like, if you're running a group like that, and let's say your kids only swim four times a week, instead of 14, you might still have them do 50 by a hundred or a hundred by a hundred once a year, because they're getting exposed to this. Here's this thing. My body can do. I'll be really tired afterwards, but me and my group of friends, we're going to go see if we can do it. And it's not necessarily about like beating your head against the wall. It's about like opening your eyes up to something you can do the same way as maybe you go on a team hike up a really big mountain where you're on your feet for a bunch of time and you're learning how to like be out in nature. But really like, if you're a kid, you don't think about this as a training session. You're like, we're going to the top of a peak. And so I think that in that way, a youth triathlon program can really help you develop a bunch of endurance. Meanwhile, maybe your more day-to-day stuff is short skill-based things where you're learning your swim technique. You're learning how to bump next to each other on the bike, um, or you're doing strides or something like that on the track. So you can keep it super fun and like add in all these new challenges, but mainly it can seem like a lot of fun to kids out there like playing around and doing some, some fun things they've never done before. Is that kind of, yeah, like, like surfing or you go paddle somewhere and then you swim back. Like there's a bunch of different ways for youth triathlon where you can have someone practicing the skill of swim, bike, run, but still have like one out of four workouts be something that's just like totally off the wall. And it really, to me, I think it helps keep the sport like less mundane and more just like open-ended to the possibilities. Yeah. To, to give credit to some of the cycling coaches in town, I think we've got some, some really great cycling coaches that, that work with like our, our youth development here. And we've got some pretty fast kids. El Grupo program. There's yeah. I mean, there's them, there's some other like smaller people too, that, that coach some of the young guys and, and they, they show up on the shootout at like what 13 and are successful at it. And, but at the same time, I talked to some of the coaches and some of these kids and I'm like, yeah, well, they don't ever train over 12 hours a week where, I mean, that I know that's, that was the cap one coach that that wasn't like a, for every coach, but, mm-hmm. but point is that these kids don't train like as much as you might think they do. And you're like, Oh man, they're out there doing the shootout and riding for three, three, four hours. Like, is that too much? But then the coach is like, well, yeah, they, then they take two days off or whatever else it is. And, and so they're, they're really capping that total volume, like you said, but giving these kids some super cool experiences. Like they also take them like, like, um, bike camping and stuff like that, where they get this huge variety of like fun things on bikes. And, but one of them is like mixing it up with like, you know, 50 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds out on the shootout, which is, which is super cool to see. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, you can look at it now is triathlon going to help kids like you were talking about Elliot help kids be a well-balanced athlete that then they use throughout all their sporting activities and just in life in general. And is, is a parent going to look at triathlon and say, Hey, we're going to use this sport as something that my kid's going to take forward into a really well-balanced lifestyle for the rest of their life. Or are we looking at, you know, how do we develop young kids into our sport where they're going to have a long successful career and continue to stay healthy and keen on the sport and get faster and faster and help evolve our sport to be quicker. Right. I mean, we've seen that grow in our sport where we, we say, okay, well, the ITU athletes are now coming into Ironman or when they came into half Ironman, then they come into Ironman. It's like the sport keeps getting faster and faster because they've been going fast for a long time. And so, you know, is the main thing when the main takeaway and the main lesson that we look at from a broad scope, when we say that is, is it keeping it fun and fast when they're young? That is the main thing that we're all saying with these stories, right? Because, you know, if, if you, if you make them over, overdo it, or they get a little bit, you know, overly focused and, and um, maybe overdo the volume side of things, or if you're developing them, 
their skills, they get, you know, their skills are a little low and they're a little overdone. Do they end up just being slower and slower and fizzle out of the sport? That's the example you're using Jesse with swimming, right? Mm-hmm. Or if they're kept really fast and fun and, um, and even just from a physiology standpoint of view, right? I mean, if they're, if they're kept fast when they're young and, and then they develop throughout their years and they don't even tackle, you know, I think it would be, it might be a mistake to say, take, it may or may not be, this is just like something to even be part of the conversation. Is it a mistake for a 19 year old to be doing something as long as an Ironman? I don't know. You know, maybe that's the perfect thing for them and that particular athlete. But if we're talking about development of the sport and, and kids in sport, are we better to stay as fast and as long as possible so that then as we get older, we go longer and longer. So in terms of a development and looking at things from, you know, a, a 10 year, 20 year, four year, two year, rest of your life into your forties, that kind of development. So, you know, if you've got a kid who's, you know, 10, 12 years old, what's, you know, are we looking at till they're 16? Are we looking at till they're 18 or what's, what's the end objective there and how do we get them there? I I think the, the biggest and the most important thing is to like, listen to the kid, you know, particularly with that 19 year old who wants to, you know, I, I, I know, a couple handful of people who've done Ironmans at 19, 20, 21. And I remember thinking, well, that doesn't make sense for me personally, but that person was like all about just the experience. They weren't going to stick around and grind it out for 10 years to be a pro. They were there for the experience. And if that's the case, it's like, well, that's what the sport's there for. The sport is there for you to experience it. However you particularly prefer to do it. So for that person, it's like, that's great that Ironman is the same way as maybe that 11 year old hiking up the mountain. Who's like, Hey mom, guess what? We hiked up this mountain with my swim team, you know, where, you know, there is a physiological development when you hike up the mountain, but really it's, it's like the emotional, like learning. Oh, okay. This is something my body can do. My body can do cool things if I give it the opportunity to. So for that person with the Ironman, I would say, do it. If you're in a, in a program, that's a national team program. That's purely focused on, you know, medals at the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. You're never going to do that. Ironman. You're literally, it's just going to be off the table, but you're also the, if you're that athlete, you know, hopefully the national federation that has that program has the forethought to think like, is this actually something this kid wants? Or is this something this kid's parents want, you know? And if the kid wants it, that's great. And maybe you can be real specific, but I still think you have to have pretty gentle hands with those athletes. Even if you're talking about a 20 year old saying like, we need to have a little bit of time for fun, or we need to have the ability for a workout here, there to like, allow you to experience something that's a little bit different from the day to day. And it's not going to happen every week, but you need to be open to the idea that like, you need to let the athlete have um, new experiences within the sport is what I would think. Meanwhile, you're still primarily going to be sp- focused on those shorter races. So, yeah, and the, and the ones that are really serious, you know, cause like I, I said, you were asking me earlier when I was a kid, the ones that are, let's say that really do want to get after it and they're really serious, put them in an environment that's going to nurture that in the right way. Right. You know, like we've got some yeah. pretty special kids in Tucson, you know, we look at um, Jimmy Riccatello's son, Matt Riccatello, he's very, very, he's going to be something really special to watch on a bike. And, you know, he's, you're going to have to say like, let's, let's make sure you keep putting that kid in the right environment. It'd be the same as education, right? If you had a kid who is way above the rest of the kids and you just kept him in a regular classroom, he's probably going to get bored and, and lose interest that way. If you've got a really special kid who is very talented, very motivated, and very interested, keep creating situations and environments to keep nurturing that forward versus like holding them. They might get frustrated if you hold them back a little bit too much or say, no, no, like go, go play with your friends or something. And they're like, no, like I really am focused on this and want to get after it. So, so I think there's two sides to that. If you've got the one that is, you want to keep it fun to keep them in it longer. And the one that is very, very driven, make sure you nurture that in the right way and, and keep them you know, keep them in a healthy environment as they, as that drive takes them forward. Yeah. You, and I think the other, one of the best things you can do is try to find, if you're lucky, you'll be able to find another kid or two who's like-minded. Cause I think it's better to have other children, um, to like create that group than to have an adult. And, and I'd say it'd be better to say, Oh, 
you know, we're going to go do this ride. You can, if you're the adult, you can say, you can go ride ahead of me. You know, you can go ride faster than me and leave the adult behind, but then they're pushing themselves on their own accord. And they're not like hanging on to something that's kind of being forced upon them. And I think that's a lot easier way um, emotionally for most any kid is to have that. And I think another really hard thing is if you are um, a very, what's the right word? Competitive kid. If you have no one else to push you and you're just like banging away uh, at, at whatever training you're doing, you're probably, you might end up leaving the sport just because you get bored. Um, sorry. Apparently I said something silly just a few seconds ago. Everyone's laughing at me, but, uh, (laughs) I think I know what I said. I'm sorry. Um, that's not what I meant, but anyways, that's my point. And, and, um, it's, it's hard to be doing an individual sport by yourself. And I think if you're going to have a team, you know, more like minded kids like that, the better. Yeah. I almost think that's the, um, that's a great thing about our sport, right? Is that a lot of it can be completion. Like no other sport do you get rewarded as much for just finishing a race. And so you can have all these kids that are kind of doing the same thing, whether they're there for fun to complete it and get a bunch of high fives or whether they're trying to win the thing. I mean, I know like at the, the more fast, like younger levels, it is a little bit more about like speed, but still it's like, when we're, when we're talking about like actual, like the, the kids programs, like that just finishing can be cool. So I think that it is a good environment to hopefully foster both in, you know, in the right situations, but back to, uh, just to touch on Marilyn's kind of original question is I think for the majority of kids, not the, not the occasional kid who wants to do the Ironman, trying to keep them fast and, and sharp and then stave off the longer stuff kind of as long as you can, can really help them to become that lifelong athlete that I think we want for our sport. We want them to be racing Ironman when they're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. So I think if we can maybe say, maybe not racing it when you're 18, but maybe racing some really fast Olympic distance races, or maybe some getting into some really fast 70.3s and, and saying, you know, you can race Ironman when you're 30 and 40 and 50, and you can do it really fast then, but you maybe won't ever have that speed that you have right now to race an Olympic distance as fast as you can. That's, um, I think that'd be the, a, a progression that could help a lot of athletes, not every athlete, obviously everyone's different. And there are some super fast guys that did Ironman at 18 that are now like crushing Ironman. So you could definitely go either way, but I would say more kids would fall into that staying sharp and short. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. And I do think yeah. one thing to also maybe throw out there is, <clears throat> you know, the coaches that are listening to this with all the things that are available to us now to be very, very careful to not overcoach the kids. Um, over there's a big difference between good coaching and over coaching. Right. And so, and I think we don't need the three of us might not even think of that because I feel like we're all pretty similar that way. We're not going to get caught up in that, but with all the tools available now, it is really easy to get a little overexcited and overcoach someone, whether it be kids or anyone, but beginners in particular. And then if they are young and they're not even really, mature enough to handle everything that could be thrown at them, that in itself could kill, kill the development of a, of a youth, right? Just that whole, um, I could, I could probably do a whole podcast on overcoaching. So, you know, more isn't always better with everything that's available to us and the right thing at the right time. You know, sometimes I'll get that with my coaching. People say, why aren't you telling this person this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I just look at them and say, it's not the right time. Um, it's, you know, that's important to know with any new athlete as well as, and especially with kids, is it, you know, placement wise for, for their development overall, is it, you know, is this actually going to help them? Is this going to make them better? Not just because it's available. So then I should throw it, throw it at them. So that's important for the coaches out there to know that. You have to give the athlete room to grow at their own pace. And that is even more important for a younger person, like, right. And, and I think you also get a lot more negative feedback. I mean, 
anyone who's our age was young once. And I think we all kind of know, like at a certain point, you're like, shut up old person, I'm going to do it my way. And I think you need to respect that, that, yeah, okay, you need to give somebody a handful of guidelines. And, and this goes for an older person as well, you can probably give them a few more guidelines, maybe it's a little more nuanced conversation, but you still have to give an athlete space and freedom to make their own decisions and be in control of their own decisions and feel like they have control of their own decisions. Yeah. And swing and miss and, and fall on their face a few times, right? You gotta, you gotta do that yourself every once in a while. Yeah. You, and you have to be allowed to do it. Right. That's, I think that's what you're trying to say, Marilyn. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Is that if you are two things, if you give people something before it's the right time in their development, they're not going to get the most out of it to really, to really actually progress from it. Um, as well as, yeah, if you don't ever let someone just think for themselves and figure it out, then they're never going to develop that skill either. And you're actually doing them more harm than good by micromanaging every movement and every thought just a little bit too much. So I think that's like, like I say, I could pretty much do an entire podcast on the idea of like good coaching and overcoaching. I mean, um, so that's, but yeah, to, to answer your question. So I guess if we were going to try and like come up with like a little bit of a, conclu a conclusion for a youth in sport. I, I think uh, some of the, the takeaways I heard is that we want to really give kids a lot of exposure to a lot of different sports and maybe not press them too much on any one sport, find ways to really make it fun and, and find ways to also stretch them and that'll, that'll kind of give them confidence going forward that they can do some, some crazy things help them develop their, their mindset by giving them like fun, different ways to, to get into competition that, um, so they get to experience that in a lot of ways that, um, yeah, gives them again, some more confidence and allows them to, to practice that feeling. Then the last thing that I would add to that, Jesse is like the, the main takeaway that we kept saying over and over again is make sure they're in the right environment, the right peer group, right. You know, whether it be, they need to be in a group that's a little bit more fun focused, or if they need to be in an environment that's going to, you know, be more like-minded and, and, you know, steer that drive in the right direction, that kind of thing. So making sure that you're picking the right peer group and, and the right environment for whatever it is that your kid wants to, wants to develop in the sport. And I think the, the biggest thing with that, that can't be said enough times is like, if your kid's not super gung ho, don't try to make them be super gung ho like give them some space and let them have all the experiences Jesse just talked about. And if your kid is maybe kind of like I was, yeah, you might need to get them somebody who's equally serious if you want to keep them in the sport. I mean, essentially that's why I quit wrestling is I didn't have anyone else who wanted to try as hard as me. And I was like, I need to do something else. The cross country team is full of kids who want to try hard. Boom. That's where I'm at. So it's a major takeaway. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for spending a little bit of time with me. And if you want to reach out to any of us, you can uh, feel, feel free to do so, especially if you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mr. Jesse V. My website is Top Step Training. Elliot? I am on Instagram at Mountain Endurance, as well as Elliot Bassett and uh, mtnendurance.com. Yeah. And you can find me at uh, mcc.coach and you can find all my links from there. Awesome. Thanks guys. And uh, tune in next week. We're going to talk about how racing looks in 2021. Specifically at Miami. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks guys. Thank Bye. you.